Welcome to Aging in Style with me, Lori Williams. I'm an optimist by nature, and I believe you can follow your dreams at any age. My grandmother's journey with dementia ignited a passion in me to work with seniors. I've spent the past 13 years learning about seniors and aging. In my mid-50s, I followed my own dream and founded my company, where I use my expertise to help seniors locate housing and resources. On this podcast, we cover all aspects of aging. Join us each week to meet senior living experts and inspirational seniors who are following their dreams. The fact is, we're all aging, so why not do it in style? Hi, everyone. Welcome to the show. Today, we are talking about a topic that scares a lot of people. It's the topic of hospice. And there's so much misinformation out there and confusion on what hospice is. So I decided to bring in an expert and um, invited my good friend, Donna French. Um, Donna has worked in senior living for 20 years. And she has worked in every aspect of senior living there is. She's worked in home care, independent, assistant, memory care, skilled nursing, and now she's in hospice. So Donna has, um, she's seen it all. So (laughs) she can uh, really, I I feel, dispel a lot of the myths around hospice. So she is joining us today. Um, Donna currently is the community liaison with Archway Hospice. So Welcome, Donna. Well, thank you. I'm so happy to be here. Good. What a a topic to talk about. I'm anxious to let people know it's not a topic to be afraid of. Um, If you get the education and the information out there, they will welcome the benefits. Exactly. And that's the whole purpose of this podcast, really, is just to educate people because you don't know what you don't know. And if we can take some of the fear out of, you know, this type of a topic, I think we're doing a big benefit for people. So um, how did you get into senior living? Oh, my gosh. (laughs) I got into senior living probably 20 plus years ago. My husband was a JCPenney in JCPenney management, and we moved around every few years. So I've done a variety of other things in my life too, but after the kids were in college, we moved to Chattanooga, Tennessee, and met some neighbors, and one of my neighbors ran a home health care. And he wanted, he asked me if I wanted to work for him in the office part-time, and I just jumped at it. I said, I think I would love that. That would be just great. Well, he noticed something in me that I did not know about myself. He thought I would be good in front of an audience to, uh, quote, unquote, sell his home health care business. And I said, nope, absolutely not. I do not like the word sales. I'm That's just not what I want to do. And he goes, well, that's good because we do not sell anything. We do community education. So that hit that struck me, you know what, I can educate. And I went around with him for a while and then it became history because I ended up loving to educate. And because of my husband's career, we moved from time to time. So it gave me the opportunity to go from, you know, skilled nursing, home health, eventually assisted living, independent living. And then uh, after we moved here to Dallas, when my husband retired, I really kind of thought I would retire too, but it's just not working out that way. No. Well, and I love that you um, 
call yourself an educator because you are. And I've known you for years, mm-hmm. and that's what you do with families. You educate them mm-hmm. on the options, whether it's independent living or assisted living. And I, I did want to mention that, that about five years ago, there was a big deal here in Dallas that Donna French was retiring, and oh, we were all yeah. very upset about that. But um, she didn't. <laughs> I didn't. I was working at a assisted living as sales marketing director and had just said, I'm going to go ahead and let you know this is going to age me. But at 65 years old, I was going to join my husband in retirement. And it's what I wanted to do. And I was excited to do it. And we did. We had 10 months of fun. We traveled. We just did things around the house until I got a phone call from someone that I knew from the industry who was saying, are you really retired? I said yes, and they wanted me to come and market for skilled nursing. And I was about ready to get back into the industry about that time anyway. So um, I went out of my 10-month retirement, and I've been at it ever since. And we're so So, glad you came back. And do you want to tell us how old you are? I I don't (laughs) mind that at all, because I just ended up saying five years ago I retired at 65, so I'm 70 years old. Mm -hmm. The only thing... I don't like about 70 is the number itself. I don't feel that way. I just feel wonderful and I'm I'm just still not ready to stay home. My husband's no. kind of a homebody. Yeah. And um I'm not. So mm-hmm. this gives me everything that I need. Well, I think people will be surprised that you're 70 because you don't look 70, you don't act 70, and Donna's one of my dearest friends, and I never think of you as 70. I I feel like you're such an inspiration. Oh, my gosh. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you so much. (laughs) Well, I'm glad you didn't retire, and I'm glad that you ended up um, going into hospice, Mm -hmm. and now you can educate us on hospice. So what is hospice? Okay. Hospice is a service that is for uh, anyone, and I'm talking about any age, that has a terminal diagnosis and a estimated time frame of six months or less. However, that does not mean anymore that you bring hospice in at the very end of your life because a medical breakthroughs because of the way they treat different diseases now there is no way they know when the death is going to occur so hospice offers a service of nurses nurses cnas or uh, hospice aides um, chaplain social worker Uh, we go into the home or wherever you live Mm -hmm. and provide you the comfort and care that you need as you're going through your your illness. Mm -hmm. And the word terminal could mean just cancer. It can be heart-related. It can be Parkinson's, Alzheimer's. Uh, You do have to qualify with a certain diagnosis Mm -hmm. to be able to use the benefit. But it is a benefit that a lot of people don't really know that it's it's there. There is no out-of-pocket money for this. Mm-hmm. It's paid for by your insurance, Medicare, mostly for the people that are 65 or older, but also other insurance companies. And a hospice would have to have a license or a uh, contract with some of the insurance companies. But hospice is a no out-of-pocket service, and we are there just to help the patient especially and their family Mm -hmm. accept the process of what's going on and then help them through through comfort measures, spiritual means, 
just anything they need, medical equipment, medications related to the hospice disease, the hospice diagnosis. And, you know, I, I learned about hospice when my grandmother went on hospice, and I was the same way, and this is, I think it's like nine, ten years ago now, but um, she had dementia, and when she went on hospice, my initial thought was, oh, she's going to she's about to pass but no she lived for a year and a half the benefit like you said they brought in a hospital bed Mm -hmm. was covered by medicare they brought in all the equipment she needed her depends which was such a huge help because she did not have a lot of money so this was a big help for my mom and my aunt who were caring for her the beautiful thing of it was i was actually there when she was passing and I was so impressed, and I just, ever since that, was such a great, it, it was a beautiful yeah, experience, actually. And I know that sounds strange to people yeah. No, to say. I'm glad you brought that up, because um, I know when they, you know, invited me in to, you know, work for hospice, I know even I, after all the years I've had in, in senior living, mm-hmm. it scared me, because I thought, I... I really have always been about finding the next step for a senior, whether it was, mm-hmm. you know, help after a hospital stay, you need home health, or finding a new apartment to live in. And what I learned when I was educated on hospice is that I'm still giving the family the options they need to survive and to survive comfortably and happily. and. It doesn't always have to be a horrible, sad experience. Mm-hmm. Death, of course, nobody's prepared for it. No. But with what you have in a hospice company coming in, they create a bond with your loved one and with the family. They do. So that you can trust them. And, you know, the first thing that we do is we tell them, you know, we are available 24-7. Mm-hmm. We do plan a care together for our patients to let them know exactly when we're going to be coming by, whether it's a nurse or a chaplain or a home health aide, to do all the necessary things in the home or wherever you live. And we have our set plan of care, but if you need anything at any time, we are a phone call away and mm-hmm. we come I mean, our nurses, one of the things I love about our nurses is when they get a call about a patient, one of the first things they ask is, do you need me to come over? Because the family may be so nervous, something's happened, it doesn't, I I don't understand, and they offer to come over. Mm -hmm. And that is such a comfort to the family. And I have learned that that's what I'm giving to families instead of a new home to live in Mm -hmm. or an activity to do, or I'm giving them peace of mind to know where to turn when they have a question or, you know, they just need some comfort and the the patient themselves need Mm -hmm. it as well. But if we can get the family on board to know that we are there for them too, it it can be just a a group, family, and friend experience totally. We we take it very, very seriously. Yeah, you actually become kind of part of the family in a lot of cases. I know a lot of people who stay in touch forever (laughs) with their hospice. Our chaplain has been known to um, go ahead and do the funeral service afterwards. You know, they've gotten to know him so so deeply that he'll offer to do the service for them. Mm -hmm. And that's another thing that we can do is we go in and we ask the family, what do you need when we come? Do you need help with setting up funeral arrangements? It's a hard subject to talk about because the minute you go in, you don't want to talk about their funeral. However, we explain to them if we know what your plans are at the time that 
the death happens, we will take over and help you through that. Call the funeral home. Make sure that, you know, your loved one gets picked up and taken to the funeral home. We can take those away from you so you can spend your time with your loved ones, you know, starting the grieving process. Mm-hmm. Um, another myth, Lori, that I know of when we're going through the grieving process yeah. is that hospice ends at death. Mm-hmm. Um, our company, and I think most hospice companies we follow the family for a complete year to make sure mm-hmm. that they have everything that they need. Maybe a support group, maybe just somebody to talk to, a chaplain to still go by. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't end at death. We we follow you through the grieving process. It's different for everyone. Yeah, I think that's such a huge benefit. And I know um, I just had a family last week where the you know dad had dementia. It was pretty pretty far (laughs) along and he wasn't he had broken his hip he couldn't stay in the rehab where he was and it was a 911 situation Mm -hmm. like what are we going to do and we found a care home but it was such a quick move so we were able to get him on hospice Mm -hmm. we're able to get the hospice got all the equipment over there Mm -hmm. the bed set up they were there for the family and it's just been such a blessing for this family that was so stressed out and just didn't know where to where to begin well it starts with that myth that i know my loved one's dying but Mm -hmm. you know i guess we take care of them until at the end and then hospice can come in and if if you can come in as early as possible if they qualify it's just a better benefit for your loved one and Mm -hmm. for the family so you can all get to know each other you know when we first go there we don't know the patient either Mm -hmm. so we depend on the family tell us the story exactly tell us what's going on tell us what we need to know to make sure that he or she has everything that they need so Mm -hmm. that's what i'm talking about we we want their story so we know what's the best for them everybody has their own plan of care every Mm -hmm. single patient is different every single family is handled differently Mm -hmm. and my experience is i'm the one that that gets to educate at the very beginning lets them know what it is what to expect how to go about it and then once we decide on the admission we turn it over to my team boy they're lickety split okay Mm -hmm. what do you need we want it ordered immediately if you're in the hospital we want it there delivered at the home before they Mm -hmm. get there and y'all can turn it around like in a day we (laughs) have turned many around in a day and i'm i'm not kidding it it can be done but you have to find good partners to partner with a good medical equipment company a good pharmacy it's like a well-oiled machine Mm -hmm. and when we get that go ahead i'm working on one today as a matter of fact that we thought they were going to be admitted straight from the hospital and the hospital never gave the order never called anybody they mm-hmm. sent him home so we're scurrying around now we, you know we do know they qualify but mm-hmm. she went home today so we need to get in there today mm-hmm. so we um, I've already got our director of nurses working on everything mm-hmm. she needs to make it um, acceptable for Medicare to go in as soon as we are and just mm-hmm. to make sure that they have everything that that they need yeah so it's sort of like a puzzle you just piece all those pieces together to get them everything they need it's true so they qualify it's for a six-month period and then they can re-qualify for another six months absolutely one of the things that we just want to stress to a family is is you know you go in with that original diagnosis and the original plan of care that okay the doctor says you have a terminal illness It's not our job to decide. Nobody can decide when it's going to be. The only thing hospice can do is monitor all the symptoms 
everything that's going on to make sure that they continue to qualify medically. Mm -hmm. And then, so if it's longer than six months, our hospice patients have to be recertified every Mm -hmm. so often. Okay. We just have to show Medicare or -hmm. the insurance company that you still have a qualifying diagnosis. Mm -hmm. And then we need to be able to support the diagnosis for the qualification of hospice. So there's another myth that once you go on hospice, you're inevitably going to die. Not true. We have patients all the time that may go off. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean their diagnosis has gone away, but it means for now they're stable. Mm -hmm. They really don't need that extra benefit in the home. So they may not qualify so you can go off hospice. And then if they start to decline or when they start to decline, you can go back in. Mm -hmm. So there are some criteria you do have to follow. And we don't just look at somebody and go, oh, it's time. Mm -hmm. We have to just meet all the criteria. And our hospice team, they are so specially trained in hospice. We to find a really good caregiver or nurse or even chaplain or social worker. Hospice is a very special career. I and would think so. It's hard. Mm-hmm. We do get close to our families. However, they've got the empathy, the sympathy. Mm-hmm. They've got everything that it takes to be able to be with that family until the very last minute. And then we also do have to move on. Mm-hmm. But it takes a really, really special person to be able to to do that and make, mm-hmm. make a difference in their life. I feel like hospice is really more of like a calling. people. I never would have believed that because, um, but you are absolutely right. Mm -hmm. I mean, when they approached me, I just remember thinking, you know, I love what I do. Um, I love every entity of senior living that I've worked in, but hospice, I'm not sure. Mm -hmm. But I want you to know the families that I have met and I don't get to stay with them very yeah, long. Because you're in the beginning. Because educating. I have to turn them over. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean I don't follow up with my families with, you know, courtesy calls. How are things going? Mm-hmm. I just wanted to catch up. But I do want you to know that I can't tell you what it does for me when I see that family understand what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Because I may go in and a family, number one, nope, I don't want it. I, you know, part of my family wants it. Part of my family says no. And I mean, I can have up to a couple of meetings with different family members Mm -hmm. and you can give the education and you turn it over to them. Mm -hmm. We do not force them in any way to accept hospice. I mean, it's something that you have to be able to buy into. I know that kind of sounds funny, but if everybody is on board with Mm -hmm. what we're trying to do, make their life better Mm -hmm. and give you some peace and comfort while you're going through this, it's just really rewarding to me to know that I can give the education where they can make the decision to accept it. By saying that, I think I was so kind of shocked that What I get back from them is so much more than what I think I give them. I mean, Mm -hmm. does that make sense? Yeah, oh, absolutely. It gives me a purpose. Mm -hmm. We were talking about purpose earlier. What is my purpose? My purpose is to educate, Mm -hmm. be there for whatever they need. Mm -hmm. Take that stress off of them. Take the stress off of them. And then to see it take place and watch the Mm -hmm. process work. I mean, I'm not like emotional getting ready to cry, but it's a it's an <laughs> yeah. emotional thing for me to watch the process mm-hmm. work. And I never would have thought that 
it would affect me like mm-hmm. it has. Mm-hmm. It's it's pretty. It's beautiful. It can mm-hmm. be sad. It hurts. Mm-hmm. But it's in my heart. And I mean, death is it's a hard topic. People mm-hmm. don't like to talk about it because, of course, we think death and we think, right. you know, it's scary. And so I'm sure a lot of the families that you speak with, everyone kind of has to be on board because you're going to have mm-hmm. some who are in denial that no yeah. mom's going to make it. Mm-hmm. She's not going to pass. And then, you know, I'm sure you get all the emotions Some people who are Me angry too. about it. And you know, there's and a lot yeah. of family dynamics. Oh, yes. And you have to be a social worker almost in every entity of hospice mm-hmm. because you're going in with such a negative vibe to begin with. And mm-hmm. every story is different. Yeah. I just left the office this morning and we have a nurse who's fairly new in hospice. Mm-hmm. And I stopped her this morning and asked her how she was doing because we had a we admitted a patient on Thursday. The wife was in total denial, married 55 years. So like I said earlier, we're not there to force them to accept what's going on. We're there to help them get through it. Mm -hmm. And four days wasn't very long to be able to do that. But I asked our nurse, how are you? How How is the family? She was touched, especially, she said, Donna, I think what moved me the most is when they removed her husband from the home. He was in the military. She said, they removed him from the home with a flag draped over his body. And she said, we all just stood there at, you know, at attention and saluted to him as oh, he went out the door. And it, it gave me chills. I love that. But I watched how that affected her. Mm-hmm. And I thought, you know, she she's a really good nurse, but she's just experiencing some of these things herself. Mm-hmm. And to see that she thought it was so memorable and mm-hmm. beautiful, wonderful and beautiful. Mm-hmm. And that's just kind of what we do. Yeah. I know that sounds like, oh, you're in hospice. I don't know how you do it. It's not all gloom and doom. Yeah, there's rewards there, there too. There it is. And mm-hmm. it, it's going to end up being gloomy. But if you're prepared for it, mm-hmm. then we can help you work through it. Exactly. Well, there are, you know, so many myths and we have touched on some of them. We um, got sidetracked, didn't we? <laughs> well, no, I mean, it's just, I, I feel like just with hospice, anytime I bring it up with people, they automatically either shut down. Very, mm-hmm. very rarely there's someone who goes, oh, yes, I do know, mm-hmm. you know, that you can be on hospice. And it's not, mm-hmm. it doesn't mean... Right you're going to die in a day or two days or whatever. So we did talk about that, that you don't have to be actively dying uh, to go on hospice. You can be on um, for six months. If you're, Mm -hmm. you could maybe get better and go off hospice Mm -hmm. or you could, is it certification? Is that what it is? It is a certification. So recertification. Recertification. I made a new word up there. Recertificate. (laughs) Recertify. There you go. Yes. And then they could be another six months. And like I said, my grandmother was a year and a half. I know. You know, there's Uh some that we do admit right away during Mm -hmm. that process. And it doesn't matter what process you're in. We make sure you have everything you need from start to finish. So absolutely. Yeah. And then I think, you know, the other myth, you give hope. And I don't think people see that. I know. In fact, that is a true myth is one of the things that, you know, I get asked all the time is how do you watch all these families lose their loved ones? And I said, the word hope does come to my mind because we are there to service whatever their need is, but we do give them the hope that you can come together as in love and comfort 
not always hope for a cure, Mm -hmm. but hope that you give your loved one that's going Mm -hmm. through this an experience that, you know, will be pain-free, spiritual, Mm -hmm. if they're a spiritual person. Mm -hmm. If they're not, no judgment. We are there for whatever the person is. But the hope that comes involved is hope for the future Mm -hmm. of, for the family, what is that going to be once Mm -hmm. the loved one is gone? I'll get to a story about that in a minute. If they have an experience that's not horrifying Mm -hmm. when their loved one dies, they can move on with their life, Mm -hmm. you know. I've lost a few members of my family, actually two brothers and a sister, and my sister was not ready to die. Mm-hmm. She fought it every inch of the way, and that was way before I went into hospice. I had another brother that was ready to go, and then I brought a, uh, another brother just a year and a half ago that he was also ready to go, and the experience from both of my brothers compared to my sister, mm-hmm. who wasn't ready, she fought it all the way. Her death was not, how do you say, not the best. I mean, Mm -hmm. it was really sad to watch her. She refused hospice because Mm -hmm. she didn't believe she was dying. Mm -hmm. She was very young. Yeah. But anyway, I tell my families that aren't ready to lose their loved one, that, and if their loved one is ready, it's such a gift for the mm-hmm. family that they can all accept it and know that the loved one may be ready to go. Sometimes mm-hmm. they're not, and mm-hmm. you have to work with whatever that you have. Yeah, and I would think that's where your chaplain probably comes in, mm-hmm. talking with them, answering questions, kind exactly. of helping them if they're fearful, which a lot of people are fearful. Right. Yeah, so it's not just, I, I just think it's just a full picture of all the things that you can do. It's not mm-hmm. just that they're going on hospice and there's going to be a nurse giving them medication. Right. No, they're helping with their soul too, exactly. you know, helping them exactly. to. And, you know, mm-hmm. the chaplain is, I mean, he's a, he plays a very important role for the ones that, I mean, he doesn't even have to go into the home to minister. Mm-hmm. It's ministering his friendship or it's ministering religion, if that's what you want. But it, it depends on what your loved one needs some people have a lot of people around Mm -hmm. and you know some people are it's just themselves or maybe one other person so you are absolutely right yeah um one thing i also forgot to mention it is before the pandemic we had a a pretty good list of volunteers that go into the home and um they can read to the patient or you know just be there to visit Mm -hmm. or you know help with anything that they need at home with the with COVID going on they are out there in the homes if we COVID test every Friday. Mm-hmm. So if the family wants a volunteer, but uh, you know our volunteer program really was was going pretty well yeah. before the pandemic hit. Well, hopefully, it yeah. can get back going strong again. Exactly. Is it a lot of retirees who volunteer? It or? is. Yeah. In fact, That's you'd cool. be surprised. Uh, some of the family members or the loved ones of our patients will come back and say, "Is there anything I can help with?" Oh, mm-hmm. I, I lost that. a really good friend a couple of weeks ago, and actually. It's been about a month, and one of her best friends lost her husband, and then now her her very dear friend. She said, "Donna, what can I do? I want to volunteer." Mm-hmm. So, I mean, they come from all walks of life. Um, I heard Abby's little um, podcast last week. Oh yeah, my daughter, seventeen. Your daughter, I'm sorry. Yeah, <laughs> she had a podcast teenagers that might have that ability to go Mm -hmm. in and just be with a senior Mm -hmm. and and talk or visit they can help in the office maybe visiting a sick patient isn't 
their mm-hmm. forte mm-hmm. uh volunteer maybe can making help a card office. or sending something to the Absolutely. family something mail. Like that. oh the singers love they mail yeah. yeah yeah that's wonderful so um i think we hit on pretty much some of the other myths and like i said there's so many but you know one thing we were talking about earlier if you choose hospice people think that if you choose it you no longer can get medical care and that's not true that's a very good point uh, when you go on hospice, you are um, accepting, you know, that you have a terminal illness and hospice picks you up for whatever the diagnosis is. So let's say if a patient has cancer, you're really not going back to the oncologist mm-hmm. and you are choosing not to have any more treatment for that disease. Because at the time you come on hospice, there's usually an issue that the doctor says there's really nothing more we can do mm-hmm. to make you better. But, you know, we go mm-hmm. in and see if we can have them stabilize in their illness. Well, let's take, for instance, we have a lady right now that she was, I think we picked her up for possibly heart, but she broke her hip. Mm-hmm. Well, we're not going to deny them going sure. back to their orthopedist to yeah. go have their hip. So you can continue to have a medical your medical issues seen as long as it's not related to the hospice diagnosis. So she had a new diagnosis of her hip, yes. but she could go and see the... And even if you're mm-hmm. on hospice and you would fall and break your hip or you would have something that needed attending to, you you would have to, you know, depending on the doctor, would you want to go through surgery to fix the break or, you know, you can definitely have things diagnosed, mm-hmm. but you are kind of giving up treatment for the terminal illness yeah so people ask all the time we have a dental appointment you know it depends on what (laughs) stage of the illness you're in if you're still able to get back out and forth Mm -hmm. back and forth and you maybe have a bad tooth or Mm -hmm. somebody asked me the other day can I still go to my urologist we have to ask them what are you seeing your urologist Mm -hmm. for is it something that is going to benefit you to you know continue your urology appointment Mm -hmm. Um, you know, it's a different diagnosis that we picked her up for. Does that make sense? That does make okay. sense. And, you know, we talked, we touched on it earlier. So like hospice is paid for typically by Medicare if you're over, you know, the 65. But, you know, if you're younger, your insurance would cover right. it. So this is where I get people get confused because they'll call me and they'll say, okay, so we're going on hospice. Um, dad's on Medicare. Can he still do his physical therapy? No, no, <laughs> because right. that's both Medicare. And that's a really good point is a lot of people think that they can continue home health mm-hmm. with hospice. Anything that is also paid for by your Medicare is not going to pay for both. Exactly. So physical therapy is a uh, type of therapy where it's improving mm-hmm. what's going on in your life. So it's not that we don't want them to improve their walking or their strength, but you actually just ha- can't have home health coming in at the same time hospice does. Mm-hmm. We do have physical therapy, occupational therapy, speech therapy, um, available for those on an individual basis if it's needed for their treatment. 
mm-hmm. comfort, you know, mm-hmm. maybe massage treatments. It's not designed that we're going to, that you're going to come into hospice and think that you're not walking now, but in a month or two, you're going to get strong enough to walk mm-hmm. again. That could happen, mm-hmm. but it wouldn't be able to happen with bringing in home health with their type of physical therapy. Yeah. So you're just keeping them comfortable. Exactly. We are maintain. Mm-hmm. yes, we are there for comfort mm-hmm. measures, making sure that we manage the terminal illness to the best of of our ability to make sure Mm -hmm. that they stay comfortable and safe. And then we also touched on this earlier, but I want to go back and just make sure it's really clear. So hospice can be received anywhere. A lot of people think, oh, I have to be at home, and that is not the case. So tell us about that. Um, Hospice can be provided in a skilled nursing setting if you're living there under, you know, whether it's private pay or Medicaid. Uh, we do have a we do have a license for Medicaid patients as well. So we can go into skilled nursing facilities and add hospice to the treatment there mm-hmm. because they've got the 24-7 care and then we go in under the hospice diagnosis. Mm-hmm. We can go into independent livings, residential care homes, assisted livings, wherever you live. If you move, let's say you're in your home and you move to an assisted living, mm-hmm. our team will follow you from your home to your assisted living if it's within our designated counties mm-hmm. that we have a license for so uh we follow you wherever you wherever you go yeah so, and that's that's beautiful and i, yeah. I think that's, a, that's something that people get very confused about yes. because they're like well how can i be an independent living and and still receiving it but that's all part of the age in place and <laughs> people know? people don't understand the terms they use i went to do an admission one day and uh, since you can't have home health coming in at the same time, that's one of the things that we try to make sure we know before we go in there. That's kind of my job. And we, I went to admit a patient that one, somebody else had actually interviewed. And our nurse was told that she had help coming into the home. So we assumed, which every day you learn something new, mm-hmm. assumed that they just had somebody coming like in. Like a caregiver. With a caregiver. Uh-huh. So I get there and she, we were getting ready to sign the document. She goes, oh, the nurse is coming today. And I had to back up and go, oh, tell me a little bit of what you're talking about. She said the nurse, so I assumed it was home health. Mm-hmm. And Which is home health is your medical base. Home care is your non-medical. Exactly. <laughs> there you go. Thank you. So I actually just had to stop and ask a few more questions uh-huh. and find out what we're really doing because you can't have the same entity in the house at the same sure. time. Medicare is not going to pay for both. Mm-hmm. What we found out is she used the word nurse, but it really was a private care company mm-hmm. that was coming in on a regular basis that she so, was paying for that she was not, paying for out Medicare. of her pocket yeah. but she said the word nurse sure. so you just have to be really careful that people are using the correct terms yeah. too and kind of probably drill down with yes. them to say what exactly yes. does yes. that mean to you and and I know a lot right. of the senior living terminology can be very confusing it is and for me <laughs> yeah. as well I know for, for all well. of us yes so, um So I I hope that this has helped everyone listening to make hospice less scary and explain more what it's about. And Donna, I appreciate you so much coming on. I love being here. I just, 
I wanted to make sure we covered the things that really were the myths. So if we missed anything, we'll do another pod. That's and right. Another podcast <laughs> in, in a few months. So. Yeah, because there is so much to it. And when we were you know talking about the show, there were a lot of other things we could talk about and add to, but we just don't want to make it really confusing. Right, right. <laughs> there, I mean, there's so much more to it. And just keep in mind that it's, it is for the dying. Mm-hmm. But what I like to do is when I talk to my families, I, you know, I try to go, we are here for the living. You're Mm -hmm. still living. Let us give you what it takes or whatever the needs are to Mm -hmm. make sure that the life you have now, the loved one has now, is the best that it can be. So, you know, try and get away from the word, even though inevitably that's what you're doing. But let's concentrate on what's going on now because you can make it better for, for everybody. And you know what? I think that kind of says it all with hospice instead of like, it's like, let's change our mindset from hospice, you're dying. Let's change it to hospice. Let's give you the best quality there of life go. that you have it, left. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I think that's really important. So well, thank you. Sure. Thank you, I Donna. You all did not mind listening to the topic because I mean, that's one of my biggest challenges is getting around that word. Your hospice. I don't know how you do it. Well, I don't know how either, but I don't know. It just makes me feel good when we can help yeah. the families. So. Well, you're following your passion. And yeah. We're yeah. glad that you Thank came out you. of retirement. <laughs> <laughs> My husband knows better than to, you know, say anything about it. You know, it used to be when I worked in in all the other fields, I'd call him up and go, I'm leaving in 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. You know, you're leaving your desk. Well, you know, an hour later, you're at home because something came up. So mm-hmm. I always tell him now, I will call you in the car when the car <laughs> started. And that's when I'm on my way home. Yeah, because so. you never know, I mean, I know. With, with hospice, yeah. what's going to come up. So, well, thank you so much Lori, for being thanks on. for inviting me. Of it was course. just something that I just really didn't know I had a passion for, but I do. Yeah. And so. look at that. Discovered your passion there later you in life, which we always talk about on this show. <laughs> at, at my late life, I discovered something that just keeps me focused and happy and gives me, you know, really gives me, um, it motivates me, mm-hmm. if that's crazy to say. No, not at all. And it's fulfilling. Yeah. Thank you for all you do for Thank our seniors. You. and Oh, Lori. Thank you. <laughs> it's you, really, that motivates me, too. Look oh, at you you're guys. so sweet. So, thank well, you. Thank you all for listening and not being scared of the term hospice. And I hope that we opened your minds. And, and you know, if you have questions, want to know more about hospice, you can always reach out to me, to Donna. All of her information will be listed at the end of the podcast so you can contact her. And as always, thank you so much for listening. Oh, thank you, and everyone. Sure. And um, if you are on Apple Podcasts, please go uh, give us a rating. Let us know how you think we're doing. And if you have any questions or have a topic you want us to uh, talk about, just drop me a line. Thanks. Bye-bye.